I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Hey people, Steve Bloom here, voice of Spike Spiegel, Wolverine, etc. You know, your friendly neighborhood, psycho, voice monkey. Anyway, you're listening to The Nerdy Show. Stay tuned. Tell a friend. They need people to listen or they'll close down. And I will personally come to your house and take your daughter. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. I'm Trench, Nerdy Show Community Manager. And we have some very special co-hosts for this episode, the illustrious Mr. Brian Clevenger. Howdy. And the extra fancy Scott Wegener. Hello, hello. You may know them as the creative team behind Atomic Robo, everyone's favorite action science comic, starring a robotic man named Robo, created by Nikola Tesla. Punching and kicking his way through the 20th century on astounding science adventures, fighting cryptids and giant robots and government conspiracies and all that awesome stuff. Brian writes and Scott draws. But we're not here today for atomic robo reasons. No, we're here for, well, robot reasons, giant robot reasons, because we're going to talk to the guys from Megabots. We're about to enter a world where giant robot battling is a thing that is real and exists. This is everything I've wanted since I was five years old. What I like is that I always suspected Robot Jocks was a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first step. It is. Now. As nerdy folk, we've been inspired by the giant robots of pop culture. Especially within the past 30 years, there's been so many true testaments to sci-fi ingenuity of large mechanical beasts stomping the earth, smashing through buildings, and firing a ton of rockets at each other. It's a veritable phenomenon, one could say. You could say that. You could indeed say that. So these Megabots guys, they want to make that pop culture dream a reality. They're building 15-foot-tall robots engineered specifically to be gladiatorial combatants in the arena of the future, firing non-lethal but high-powered rounds at one another and, in some cases, physically tearing other robots limb from limb. They've challenged another giant robot, the only other one that they knew to exist in Japan, and uh, Japan accepted that challenge. I think we're on the cusp of a whole new kind of Olympics. That's what they're hoping. The extra special Olympics? The Olympics you would actually want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> they want to actually start a giant robot fighting league. They want to force the science fantasy future we've all dreamed of into existence. God bless these men. <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't catch it, we'll direct you to a video that they posted back in June of 2015 where two of the guys, Matt and Guy, wearing capes made out of American flags walked through a factory and challenged Japan to a giant robot battle. 
Would this be a good time to bring up Metal Wolf Chaos? Oh, I don't know what that is even. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so you're going to have to look up some stuff on YouTube okay. and then link it on this thing for okay. anyone who hasn't seen it. Can do. It's an old, original Xbox game. It only came out in Japan. You play the President of the United States. Yes. Uh, and he pilots a giant robot with about a million guns. And uh, As you, you do. go killing people. Oh, man. <laughs> that sounds I like... I forgot about that. I remember yeah, that. It is the most amazing patriotic thing that has ever been produced. That really sounds ahead of its time. I think so, yeah. It was a lot of fun, and it's completely out of its mind, and I yearn for you know a remake or re-release or anything. Man, that's beautiful. Okay, so here's what's happened in this episode. We are going to talk with the guys from Megabots, and we're going to figure out how this is going to go down, how they started, what's in their crazy brains, and also discuss their current Kickstarter project where we can take our hard-earned American dollars and build a hard-hitting American fighting machine to make sure that America is the king of giant robots and not Japan, as you may have suspected. I think this is going to start World War III. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be a war that, rather than decided by American troops, will be decided exclusively in the gladiatorial arena of giant robots. Mm-hmm, as it should be. Yeah. I don't know if this is a fight we can win, guys. I mean, the Japanese have been working on giant robots since, what, at least the early 70s. And yeah, we're kind of the, the upstart newcomers here. And the current existing giant robot that they have, which is called the Kuratus, it is really classy. It's a classy robot. Ours looks you like... Can, I, I've seen this thing online. You can, like, design your own. Like, you can make custom ones. We'll, we'll actually we'll link to the Amazon page where you can buy one, your for, very own. For tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, real money. <laughs> <laughs> Do they accept Bitcoin? <laughs> I mean, 10 grand is not that much. I mean, my Toyota costs more than 10 grand. If I'm going to drive this robot around, I think that's... <laughs> I think it's more than 10 grand. Yeah. I'm, my my yen translation is not so hot. I said tens of oh. thousands. <laughs> uh, Perhaps even hundreds, maybe? I don't know. I haven't really haven't done the math. I, it's been a while <laughs> since I was looking at their, their prices. I just knew it was beyond my means. <laughs> if I'm going to dream, I'm going to dream like robot big. Like I said, I've been dreaming robot big since I was five. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's make our dreams reality, and let's talk to the people who are going to make it happen. Let's yeah. call up the guys at Megabots. Hello, this is Matt Orline. And Kiki Kabokanti. And this is Megabots. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Matt and Gee. First of all, thank you for what you're doing for the future of mankind. Yes, tell us more. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's our duty as Americans. As citizens of the world, actually, <laughs> this is bigger than just America. Yeah, you're either creating an international triumph or an international incident, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to go real well. <laughs> <laughs> We're all fans of giant robots here. It's easy to see why you would want to do this with your lives, but how did you start doing this with your lives? Well, for both of us, it started with MechWarrior 2. <laughs> and... Uh, Blowing up mechs in middle school and high school and video wasn't games. Robot Jocks before that, bro? <laughs> Robot Jocks came out the year I was born. <laughs> yeah, I, no damn, I told you guys, it all came back to Robot Jocks. <laughs> <laughs> so it started with video games for both of us. I went super nerdy and even got into like Battletech and record sheets and all that nonsense. City <clears throat> Tech, Aerotech. Yep, that's right. Hell yeah. Uh, making my own mechs and drawing board and all that stuff. Do you have drawings of that? Those mechs? No, 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 no. That sounded like, like the yes. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Then I went to engineering school at Owen College of Engineering and uh, started learning about animal-inspired robots, biomimetic robots. Did a co-op at Boston Dynamics and realized that they were doing the most ridiculous robots ever and I wanted in. And then went to work for them for four years, working on robots like uh, Big Dog, Pet Man, and LS3 as a mechanical engineer and systems integrator. So I kind of like learned how to make big, fast walking robots that kept their balance. And then I started this makerspace called Artisan's Asylum, which is this public access workshop where anybody can build anything they want. And I started saying to myself, okay, well, if I had the ability to build anything I want, what would it be now that I've left my defense contractor high-end robotics job? And for me, the idea was, well, okay, I know how to do it. So man, why not just try and build those mechs from my childhood? (laughs) Beautiful. This is Matt. So for me, it was sort of a similar path up through engineering school. I went to school in Minnesota, uh, University of Minnesota, and did a master's in control theory and robotics. So much more like the software electronics side of robotics. He's kind of like a mechanical designer. And then went to work in Detroit for like a research lab at Eaton Corporation. They do a bunch of kind of like fancy control and motion control hydraulic systems for like the military and renewable energy and like new prototype construction equipment and like real big, big hydraulic systems and stuff like that. Started running a maker space there too. So that's kind of where Guy and I's paths crossed. And we were both running these like maker spaces in different parts of the country. And then we just kind of like became friends. We kept in touch and our skills were very complimentary. So like, again, I'm the software guy and Guy's like the mechanical designer guy. And so, yeah, Guy was like, I think I found a guy to give us money to build giant robots. Like, do you want in on this? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. And so we a super villain. So that's how Megabots started. So what I'm hearing then that is that, uh, Basically, Brian and myself, as guys who make comic books about robots, we are probably more qualified to run this project than you two are. (laughs) Hey, now. (laughs) I mean, since you're not willing to talk about your Battletech record sheets, I mean, you're... I'm just saying, you know, your credentials, they're they're questionable. (laughs) Right. This is going to be a hard-hitting kind of question here. Super truthy. I know you remember the name of your favorite mech that you made up. Oh, uh, it was Striker with a Y. It was yes. sad. <laughs> Is there a silent X in there too? <laughs> I think it had like four Gauss rifles and like just Man. slow as hell and I didn't care. <laughs> All right, I withdraw my earlier statement. Clearly these guys know what they're doing. <laughs> you don't have to feel too bad because I'm pretty sure the uh, Pacific Rim... Jaeger was spelled with a Y, too. <laughs> 100% iron. All analog. <laughs> uh, can we just talk about the problems with that movie now for the rest of this podcast? <laughs> no. We need to wrap in less than an hour, dude. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I basically assumed this project was completely inspired by how boring the new Mech Warrior Online is, but... Oh, oh dang. <laughs> the shot's <Awesome>. fired. <laughs> This project was inspired by both Matt and I kind of sat in our cubicles or offices, you know, at these companies where none of our work really went public. At Boston Dynamics, the videos would be one or two years old before they'd be released. Right, right. And we couldn't really talk about our jobs. 
And so it's like for both of us, we grew up watching, you know, like BattleBots and getting really inspired by these entertainment shows. And for us, it's like, okay, well, we want to like make some sort of big public impact. We are living in the future. The tech is awesome, but it's locked up at defense contractors and R&D labs and nobody really gets to see it. So like, why not just develop the kind of tech that is in those labs and basically drive R&D to make a really awesome performance, make the best entertainment in the world. That's really what we're trying to get to with Megabots is like, let's build a live action tournament of these robots kicking ass, right? And just perfect the technology so that they look really cool and they look like the robots you expect in video games and movies and all that jazz. We want to have, you know, that scene in Gladiator where he like defeats the animals and he's like, are you not entertained? (laughs) We want to have that happen in robots. We're just like... (laughs) In the middle of this stadium, like, behold. (laughs) That is a beautiful dream. It really is. My inner five-year-old was already pretty pumped, and I I don't know that I can take much more of this. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys challenged Suidobashi, and they said yes, and demanded melee combat. Did you anticipate a response like this? (laughs) Uh, No. We, we heard that, and the first thing out of our mouths was like, well, we're all going to die. We have, like, the concept sketch or art for your your proposed chainsaw yeah. arms. Yeah. It's, oh, okay, first, let's back up there. Like, is this real? Is this really what you're going to do, this, this twin? This what we want to do. <laughs> okay, on this episode's page, we'll be linking to this concept art, which features... Uh, Two sunglass-wearing eagle heads with chain guns for in their mouths, and there's also kind of this bull, fire-breathing bull element, and then also a chainsaw. You'll have to see it for yourself. It's a V8 a engine. It's it's a, it's a flamethrowing cigar, man. Come oh. on. <laughs> right. Oh my god. Can we call this thing the striker? <laughs> <laughs> I want the screen to live on. <laughs> I've seen the concept art; and it's beautiful. But I think it would have more impact if you actually had like your 12-year-old you drawing of the striker mech instead, <laughs> preferably like really stiff and like maybe on graph paper. Like, <laughs> yep, with like little, little like, arrows pointing to like this is a laser. Absolutely, <laughs> just like so many eraser smudges. <laughs> maybe some smoke and fire coming out of the chainsaw. Like, yep. They're Our concept artist is actually uh, Alex Iglesias, who did a lot of the art for Battletech, the, the new rev of Battletech, and a lot of the mech games and stuff like that. So if it looks like Battletech and Mech Warrior inspired, that's because yeah. he's awesome like, and has been doing this like, for yeah, a guy. He does a yeah. lot of the concept art for the new Mech Warrior Online, doesn't he? Yep. Yeah, yeah right. I thought I recognized his style. His stuff is amazing. His art is the best part of that game. Oh my god. And the way the dude works is like insane. We like flew him into our kitchen for like a weekend and we're like, you're gonna draw mechs for us. And the dude just like pulls his laptop open and his drawing pad and he just like comes up with this stuff in like a matter of minutes. And then we'll be like, yeah, actually like the legs have to face the other direction and like they have to be bigger. And he'll be like, oh, okay. And he'll just like reflect like half of the picture and draw in like four little shadows and like somehow the entire picture is completely different 
in like uh, yep. seconds. And we're like, how did you do that? Right. I spend like five or six days doing in CAD what he does with the shade of brown. <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's like, it pissed me off. <laughs> like, I just I can't be in the room right now. <laughs> you, know, you know, don't feel bad. Cause I mean, like that is the nature of, I mean, the, the piece I saw was very finished, but like basic concept art is all illusion. It's all just playing with light and shadow because, you know, I occasionally have to draw technical stuff. Well, technically wrong, but, you know, it, it has to be clean and discernible <laughs> images for work. And, yeah, it drives me nuts. These guys, they're, they're crazy. They, they look crazy complicated. And then you try to, like, steal things from them to use in your own work. And you can't because there's, like, nothing there. It's, a, it's too it's smudges. Loose. Don't feel bad. Smoke and mirrors. Yep. It is. All right. So that's a real thing. That's what's being kickstarted right now. Correct. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, America. (laughs) I don't know if Suidobashi can withstand that. Do you have any idea what's... Do you have any connection with them before you made this challenge? No, I mean, we had seen and admired their videos for a couple years. We knew about them because the Kuratis robot is like, if you looked up Giant Robot, that is what you find. It's all over the place. Yeah. 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 It's a sweet machine, and we didn't know anything about them going in, but like, if you're going to go through the trouble of making a giant robot... Presumably, you want to fuck around with it. <laughs> so, like, we crossed our fingers and we're like, all right, they probably want to fuck around with that thing as much as we want to fuck around with our thing. So <laughs> let's give this a shot. You're probably crazy. <laughs> we actually, I mean, we had like a, a backup plan. Like if they didn't accept or whatever, we would just kind of say like, it wouldn't be as strong of a message. would be like, okay, world, who has a giant robot or like who wants to build one and challenge us? Who wants in? Let's fight. That would have been the backup plan, but luckily they accepted, so we didn't have to do that. <laughs> the CEO, Kogoro Karada, said, I want to punch them to scrap and knock them down. So, <laughs> yes. So- yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bring it on! <laughs> so you've built something that looks like it can take it and deal it back. I guess you, you're all probably fearing for your own machines at this point, because it's going to get ugly. <laughs> I mean, not really. Like- <laughs> 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 well, so the first thing is they weigh 3,000 pounds less than we do and stand two Whoa. feet shorter. So, like, this is kind of like the scrawny kid in the, you know, lunchroom being like, no, we're fighting. It's like, uh, okay, sure, we'll take a swing. I don't think you're going to like it. But, like, part of the reason we're doing this Kickstarter is... <laughs> The robots in the state they are now, they could fight, but we want it to be what everybody dreamed of, right? We want it to be like, okay, these things like keep punching each other. They're like ruggedized, you know, like people can like take hits in it. They can do some damage to each other without it just being, okay, we like brought these robots to a field somewhere, like wherever the battle ends up happening. And like they slowly inch towards each other. They (laughs) slowly inch towards each other. They have like no balance. And it's just like, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, uh, we like wobbled and, and, and then it like fell over. You know, like that's, that's not super entertaining. It's like, well, we can fight like that. It's not going to be what people want. And that's kind of why we're running this Kickstarter is like, okay, right, let's make this awesome. We want a balancing robot that can hit at least speeds of five times faster than we are now. We want shock-mounted armor so that when we take a punch, we don't, like, black out, right? (laughs) Um, I guess that's a a cool. Yeah. And, you know, like, the the hydraulic system needs to be upgraded to take the heavier load, and the electrical system needs to be, like, way ruggedized. Because what could happen if the robots aren't upgraded is, like, we punch each other, 
And then like both robots short out and fall over because like, <laughs> you know, they're not equipped, not ruggedized to really take that kind of impact. Yeah. So our robot's kind of like designed to take massive paint cannonball hits. You know, it's like it's, it's built sort of for like range combat. And that's what we had in mind when we made the challenge. But then they were like, well, we want the robots to like punch each other. <laughs> so like, OK, we need to rethink this a little bit. So that's that's kind of the, the reason behind the, the Kickstarter. Yeah. You're not apprehensive of a David versus Goliath kind of scenario here. I feel like Japanese honor will not allow them to <laughs> build a battle with anything less than a yeah. you know adequate combatant. So like, yeah. <laughs> I kind of expect five Gundams to like land on the field, <laughs> play rock paper scissors on who gets to show up the Americans, right? Like. <laughs> Well, they, they built that Gundam statue, that, like, life-size one. Yeah. What if, what if we're all, yeah, what if we're all really stupid and that's not just a statue? What if that's the real <laughs> robot? Why are you saying these things? <laughs> so they're like, oh, yeah, it'll just be a you know, melee contest between uh, one of our Japanese robots, which clearly is not this giant statue, <laughs> and whatever little thing you guys build. Yeah. And then it shows up and then we all die. <laughs> but, I mean... It's a good day, right? <laughs> Today is a good day to die. <laughs> I will go on record. If giant robots are involved in my mode of death, it was all worth it. <laughs> there you go. We feel the same way. <laughs> Maybe Matt doesn't. <laughs> the problem is I sit in front. <laughs> and so like, I'm going to be the first to die. <laughs> But I will continue the tournament so, on in your name. So, like, he will watch a fucking, like, concrete saw, like, <laughs> sever my head through the cockpit, and then he'll, like, hit the big red button that's like, stop everything, like, no, someone I, died. I'm actually going to hit the green button that's, like, Super Saiyan mode, of, like, <laughs> you killed my co-founder, right? And just, like, the robot just gets bigger. <laughs> Why didn't they start with that? <laughs> <laughs> Activates the jump jets. Yes, I'm above. So one of you is the driver and one of you is the gunner, correct? Correct. I'm the driver and I sit in back and look through cameras. So so here's the deal. Like we played so much Mech Warrior that we in designing the robot, we're like, well, in Mech Warrior, we would like torso twist 90 degrees and circle our enemies and then just run into houses and trees and power lines and all sorts of stuff, which is great in a video game and then we had this like daydream of tripping over a like concrete embankment or something and just face planning it's like well maybe we should split up the driving and gunning tasks and like <laughs> concentrate on each so i sit in back i look through cameras in the front and back of the robot that are locked to the legs and lower torso and then matt sits in front and has torso twist and the arms and the triggers yeah and there's like uh gun cams and targeting reticles and like all that kind of stuff. So you can like aim each weapon and see where it's pointed. Yeah. Which is re really pretty cool. Now, have you been certain to put your heat sinks in your legs so that you can walk into a lake and double your cooling uh -oh. capacity? <laughs> uh, think about that yet. Yeah. That's very important guys. Let's just, let's just be clear that the engine is going to move to the track base. So like wandering into a lake will not be good for us. <laughs> The current model that you're working towards is on treads, right? Correct. Now, there was, at some point in you guys' videos and releases and so on, uh, there was mention of attempting to do a walking robot next. How far away is that? It's a huge endeavor. 
Yeah, that development cycle is probably a year and a half to two years in terms of what it would take to build a robot capable of walking and then really fine-tune the control system to allow it to walk. So that's something that's going to take a while. It's something we want to take on, but it's something that we have a very realistic sense for like how much engineering time it's going to be. And we do have the partners on board to help us with that that we need. So it's really just kind of a question of like, okay, you know, like when can we afford to really start this, get the engineering team on board we need to really focus on it and go from there. And from a business perspective, it makes a lot more sense to just test the theory. Do people want to watch giant robots fight? Yeah. And like prove that out with some less expensive track robots that are just as big, but you know, they don't walk. And then we go, okay, yep, people want to watch it. Now it's easier to convince investors or whoever else is going to give us money to like put money down for the giant walking robots. I mean, with your time at Boston Dynamics, uh, I mean, like my last job for someone else, like I stole all sorts of pencils. Like, don't you have like <laughs> schematics? You, you've got the top secret. Don't you have like bunch of national secrets? Yeah. <laughs> what both of us came away with from our kind of respective jobs is the sense of like what it takes to make a cohesive robotic hydraulic system. And that's very different than like what it takes to make construction equipment, right? Because like construction equipment, you have humans in the loop, you have handheld valves, and you don't have to deal with like control systems and all of the different sensors you need and so on and so forth. So there's this kind of body of knowledge of how do you make a hydraulic system that can track position, track force, respond at the like frequency you need to be able to balance, like what is the frequency you need to be able to balance, so on and so forth. And that's the stuff that we kind of like understand as a system. I don't understand any of that, but it sounds to me like protoculture is the answer. (laughs) (laughs) We learned how to make hard things. We got the right spacely sprocket and it works and that's going to make it fun. Why didn't you just say so? Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) I need to work on my presentation, guys. (laughs) Recently, you guys recorded a news story for Japanese TV. What was that like? That was hilarious. They were like, can you wear the capes, please? Can you wear the glasses and the capes? We need that. (laughs) So there's this amazing shot of us walking down the hallway in American Steel. And we round the corner to show the robot. And we're wearing the capes and the aviators. And our friends and co-founder are like sweeping the floor behind the robot with Capes and aviators. It's <laughs> <laughs> like company everyone on the, on the company like just wears capes and aviators. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uniform. <laughs> you got to present a unified look or you'll all look like idiots. Yeah. <laughs> you can actually see a picture of all four of us on our Facebook page. Yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> if there was ever a reason for me to rejoin Facebook, this might be it. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you initially challenged Suido Bashi, you told them to set the location, which they didn't. Any word on where it's likely to go down? Battleship Island, I hope. Yeah, so they threw it back to us to organize the duel. Uh, basically, like, <laughs> make the fight happen and we'll show up, guys. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, we, we're thinking, like, neutral territory. We had this, like, daydream of, like, man, maybe it could be, like, on an aircraft carrier in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> then we had daydreams about, like, falling off the boat. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> that just means you got to get ejector seats. That's a perk, right? <laughs> See, so many people suggest that. <laughs> so many people suggest that. And then I'm like, okay, we're not going to know to eject until we're basically already pointed horizontally. So like, <laughs> we don't want it. <laughs> I think you need like a canopy that like breaks off yeah. to like be able to eject out of. Otherwise, we would just like nail our knees on the hatch, probably break <laughs> our legs or something. Well, it's better than drowning in a giant robot. I mean, is it? That's, that's debatable, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you really... want to die inside of a robot or outside of a robot? You'd have the coolest coffin ever. <laughs> a reef, like a tourist destination. Oh, <laughs> what is the current thought as to where this is likely to go down? What's the neutral territory in mind? We don't know yet. We're still trying to work that out of like, yeah. both robots will need to be able to break down and fit inside a container in mm. order to ship somewhere. Yeah, we definitely think the answer is probably not in the U.S. and not in Japan, yeah. <laughs> but like, what is the middle ground? Yeah, um, we've had a lot of offers from different places to host us. It's like we're still just kind of like all compiling that and like picking and okay, what are the advantages to each place? And we have to look at things like shipping requirements and like which countries can you bring giant robots to? <laughs> And, you know, someone being like, what the hell is this? And, that's yeah, amazing. Well, so that's probably got to be a very interesting customs discussion. Yeah. I, I like, I like it, the idea that the world governments have no idea how to regulate, like, the internet, a thing <laughs> that really exists. But apparently there are already laws in place for shipping and handling on giant robots. That's kind of amazing. One of our giant robot building friends told us a horror story about how their robotic spider was held up in a Russian port for four months because the officials could not figure out what to do with it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, God, that sounds <laughs> awful. Oh, so it probably won't be Russia. We can <laughs> tell you that. Pity. Yeah, right? They've got so many abandoned spaceports you could trash. That's yeah. true. <laughs> That's true. If you guys have any ideas, feel free to, to send them over. I'm, I'm going to toss this one out at random. You have too many ideas. <laughs> I want, like, real... Connections that result. <laughs> you, should, you should do this at, at Richmond, Virginia, where I live. Oh yeah, I know a guy who went to a stadium once. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know anyone, but there's this parking lot. <laughs> we get so many emails like that. So many emails. It's just like you know what you guys need to do is put ejector seats in the robot and like. It's like yeah. Okay. You are the. 50th person. <laughs> we had one guy send us like 10 separate emails, each within five or 10 minutes of each other. Like, okay, here's what they're going to try and do. They're going to try and go for the legs 
and then go for the arms and then punch you in the face. And then here's the loadout that you need to beat Japan. Yeah. And just like pages and pages of advantages and disadvantages to certain types of weapons. Amazing. Like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, we love it when people like try to break down the fight and they like don't know how the robots built at all, but they're like, what you're going to want to do is like go for their camera system because that's their weak point and stuff like that. Like, oh, I love it. I like it, especially when you deliver this information in your nerd voice, because that's probably the best nerd voice I've heard. Yeah. Science nerd yeah. voice. Well, uh, serious proposals only, but if you live outside the United States or Japan and have a really cool environment that could sustain an international robot fight, you know, reach out. And touch someone. <laughs> yep. But serious inquiries only. This is not. This is not a game. This is the future we're talking about. This is life and death. Borders will <laughs> be decided by this battle. At stake, everyone's childhood dreams. Really. Pretty much. It's about not letting the entire world down. <laughs> world Pretty War much. Three is on the line here. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking to uh, Grant Imahara. He's in our Kickstarter video, and he's one of our advisors. And he's like. Basically, what you guys have done is arranged for everyone's childhood dreams to either be, like, realized in, like, super larger-than-life fashion or just be, like, completely disappointing. He's like, don't fuck it up. <laughs> no pressure. He's like, oh, God. A Mythbuster is telling us that we can't fuck up the world's childhood dreams. <laughs> Those are high stakes. Those are really high yeah. stakes. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I can live under this kind of pressure. I'm impressed by you guys. <laughs> well, if you don't hear from us, uh, <laughs> yeah, you'll know why. <laughs> Grant just showed up one day and said, busted. <laughs> so the Kickstarter is on right now, and you can go and back this, back your dreams, make sure that America wins this one. And hopefully going to be the first of many. But guys, as far as the Kickstarter goes, goals, stretch goals, perks, what should people know? All right. So the base level we're asking for is $500,000. And what this does, it armors the robot for melee combat. It upgrades our hydraulic system to be able to take the armor and new weapons. It upgrades our power plant to both take the new system load and make us five times faster. So for $500,000, we work with how and how technologies we throw in a new track base. We're five times faster than we are now. And we are like pumped and ready to go. Right, just from hearing that, how can we be sure that you guys will not try to take over the world with this invincible fighting machine? That's just a uh, gamble you're going to have to take. Yeah, really. I mean, you got to <laughs> gotta gotta make dice. a choice. <laughs> Don't you kind of want to back us just to see? I kind of do. America <laughs> has to win yeah. this one, Brian. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, okay. All right. They're wearing American flag capes. If they're not American, and I don't aviators. know what <laughs> I suppose the proof is in the aviators. A quarter million more, three quarters of a million dollars, gets us to the point where instead of just building the weapons that you see in the concept art, we actually build a whole suite of basically all of the fictional robot weapons that have ever been tried. Pile drivers, giant pneumatic punching arms, concrete all sorts of saw. guns, concrete saws, Jack like hammer. basically just build this suite of weapons and swap them on and off the arms so we can test what actually works in combat because, you know, the movies are great, but they have no bearing on what actually works in real life. So that gets us the armory, basically. A million dollars lets us work with IHMC Robotics, which is the top U.S. team in the DARPA Robotics Challenge. So all those, like, 
really high-end Boston Dynamics humanoid robots that were walking over Rebel and like opening valves and stuff. Basically, this gets us a control system from IHMC to stay balanced so that we can take a punch. Basically, it lets us build a 12,000-pound, 15-foot-tall Segway is yeah. what it does. <laughs> On tank treads. <laughs> On tank treads. Yeah. And yours truly will just be flailing around as the body moves and like <laughs> keeps itself upright. By the way, I think there's a few YouTube videos like floating around somewhere. If you type in like Segway jousting, <laughs> <laughs> you should just check those out. It's basically what we'll be doing on a much grander scale. Yep. A million and a quarter gets us working with NASA to actually apply the same kinds of life safety technologies that they use in the shuttle when it lifts off to the seats in the robot itself. You'll notice that this is safety fourth, actually. We've gone beyond safety third, but that will keep us they'll keep us conscious as we like take a punch. Can there be a seatbelt before that? I mean, there'll certainly be seatbelts before that. We just don't know if they'll do anything. <laughs> At least your priorities uh, you know, security, are in order. Security is an illusion, largely. So. <laughs> the final robot upgrade level is a million and a half. And where that ends up is we work with Fonco Creative. They're this amazing visual effects company that's worked on Star Wars, Matrix, Terminator, and a bunch of other movies. Transformers. Transformers. And basically, that is the like cap to this whole experience where we look like we came out of a Hollywood blockbuster. We have the look of any robot from a movie, and this is the like national pride on the line. Like this, ro- <laughs> this robot looks like the American fucking flag smoking a cigar, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, so that's the goal and stretch goals. And then Matt can talk about the levels. We have everything, I think at the, the lowest level is like you get your name on our website and then going from there it's the swag items are like stickers, uh, poster, t-shirts, beyond that. We have some like really cool like 3D printed models of the Megabot for people who want kind of like a, a little more like collector's kit. Uh, Battletech miniatures, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it all comes back around. <laughs> Exactly. And then going from there, we have signed swag from the co-creators of BattleBots, Grant Imahara, and us. And then from there, we have kind of like experiential stuff. So you can come see the robot in person. We'll have like a big launch party and you can like take selfies inside of it and all that kind of stuff. And then going beyond that, you can actually suit up and get inside of the robot and like go on gunnery range courses and like blow up cutouts of the Kratos robot, like <laughs> junk cars. Um, the next level above that is what we call punch a Prius. So we're going to suspend <laughs> a Prius from a, a construction crane and you will be able to punch the Prius while piloting the robot. This is a car pinata. It's a car giant car pinata. It's a Prius yada. Basically, basically, if you like ignite the lithium polymer battery, like bonus points. Yeah, that's what, that's what all the candy falls out of. <laughs> and just to be clear, all of these experiential levels are like a fifty-page-long waiver that just has like, no, seriously, you might die, <laughs> just repeated about a hundred times. <laughs> And then the, uh, the very highest level is you get to be in the Megabots pit crew. So you get to come with us to the fight. You're like basically helping America win this fight on the ground with us. Tons of opportunities to get inside and pilot and stuff like that. So that's like the ultimate, you're there, 
you helped America <laughs> defeat Japan. That is the ultimate. <laughs> Jesus. So, dear listeners, you know what to do. Follow the links on this episode's page. Back the Megabot and ensure American victory in the dawn of the future, which is happening at this robot battle. In the history books, it'll say the future began on this day. And ended shortly thereafter. It's <laughs> more of a pamphlet than a book. <laughs> <laughs> and all those rumors about us taking over the world and the robot apocalypse happening are maybe not true. Yeah, probably. Probably not true. But we're not going to make any promises, really. Legally, we're not allowed to say. Our attorney has advised us <laughs> to not speak about this. Well, it sounds totally trustworthy. Uh-huh. Thank you guys so much for having us on. This Thank you, Matt and Gee. Absolutely. USA! 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 So uh, I'm pretty enthused about that, if, if you couldn't tell. I'm having one of those, like, all of the planets are just, like, perfectly aligned, and it's just that, that absolute perfect moment for everything's just be fucking amazing forever. <laughs> you know, if they get that full amount, and they roll that thing out, super designed, you know, ultra slick looking, they would just win automatically. The other robot would simply explode from embarrassment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, like, Suidubashi is a really sexy looking robot right now, yeah, they're gonna. But, but but in comparison to what cap? There's you know you have right. You have well, nothing to hold it up to. I'm saying we don't know what they're gonna do. Suido Bashi has a year to do something crazy. That is true. And and then like you said, of course the uh, the Gundam statue could be a ruse, and that would be yeah. problematic. There's, I, there's no reason to discount that as a possibility. I uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm like I might not sleep tonight. That's uh, I'd never considered that. I think they have just like a hangar beneath the streets. That's just an entire Gundam hangar anyway. <laughs> I think they got more than one. <laughs> yeah, they've been ready for this. They've been very ready for this. It's interesting because we're hitting a point now where we're starting to see all these elements of things that we presume would be our glorious sci-fi future, and it's all been happening this past year. For example, um, drone racing with VR helmets is really turning into a thing, an underground thing that's getting more and more pushed to the foreground. Like, for example, Stephen Ross, one of the owners of the Miami Dolphins, he just uh, put down a million dollars on a drone racing league. Wow. I got to get in on that. It's just simply called the Drone Racing League, and it's a startup based out of New York City. And they're gearing up to have their first public race later on in the year. And Brian, I'm pretty sure you've seen this. I think I saw it, first saw it reblogged by you of like underground drone racing inside of abandoned factories with VR helmets. Yeah, it is amazing. I just had a mental image that I never wanted. It's Kid Anakin from... from oh, <laughs> no, this is drone racing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you did ruin this whole new sport I for know. me. <laughs> no, no, we, we can bring it back from the brink. All right, so it's, it's that actor, but current day, because he's, he's, he's a total washout now, and it's just him walking up kind of half drunk. It's drone racing. Uh, Jake Lloyd was recently uh, arrested, I believe. Arrested, for, yeah, I yeah, believe so. Yeah, related incident. <laughs> This sounds like a good, good, we need this glowing endorsement from Jake Lloyd. You gotta, you gotta get him goggles on. Now this is drone racing. It's amazing though. We'll, we'll link to the video where you can see this for yourself. And people have been saying, well, you know, the robot wars and the drone races and everything, it's a difficult spectator sport, but we're at the point now where it can be an immersive spectator sport. You can pull the VR feeds from every single drone and cycle through them, whether you're watching like on a big screen at the event or watching online at home and rooting for your favorite racer. Like, that's an easy connection to make for people. And then, of course, the spectacle of giant robots. I mean, who can say no to that? Get no argument out of us. You know, in the 90s, we had the X Games, and that was pretty cool. 
you know, we started to see pro laser tag tournaments, but they were never as flashy as was told to us by anime in the 80s. Wait a minute. Did I, did I miss that? When, when were there pro laser tag games? Well, I mean, the drummer for Random Encounter was actually like one of the national champions of laser tag. Oh, man, I don't remember any of that. I had all the laser tag stuff, but I don't remember it being like a thing. I never witnessed it firsthand. I, I got to say, I'm a little jealous of whatever uh, corner of, of the future past he fell into to become an athlete in that sport among sports. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, Airsoft came along and that was the end of laser tag. And so here we are, there's this dead period and now it seems like the future of sports is being invented. Here in about a year or two, we'll be able to sign up to be real life robot jocks. That's right. <laughs> and as long as we're not fighting space lizards out of necessity, it'll be a pretty bright and shiny future. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, other robos, the atomic variety. Last time we talked to you guys on the network, you just launched the Atomic Robo Patreon. Then you had a successful Kickstarter. Things are different for Robo now. Robo's coming out from IDW. It's free online. There's so much to talk about. There is. Hey, you just mentioned it all, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was it. Good job, Cap. <laughs> oh, no problem. You're better at this than we are. <laughs> you got the webcomic. You're currently updating every single day of the week with a new half page every day. We are now on the second issue of Ring of Fire, the newest storyline in Atomic Robo. It's a return to the present day, and we see things have transformed since we last had Robo in the present day two or three years ago. The Ring of Fire will be released in print issues by IDW. The first one comes out in September. Also in September, IDW is releasing the first Omnibus, which collects uh, the first three volumes into one single fat volume, and that was PH Fat, as well as, I guess, regular fat because it is big we're still working on the hardcovers those will be coming out later this year yeah i think that's everything that's a lot of things that's a lot of beautiful a lot going on yeah yeah well you also got the supplement for the rpg oh lord okay yeah so that's happening the the first supplement for the atomic robo rpg this one is all about majestic 12 and uh, gives some hints on how to play other non-teslodyne you know super science organizations and that's everything and as for atomic robo nuts and bolts our behind the scenes podcast well It'll come back someday, but we're working towards that end because we need to afford editors in order to bring back not just Atomic Robo Nuts and Bolts, but also get Pokeballs of Steelix on a regular schedule, get Book Club on a regular schedule, and get our Star Wars Speculation podcast, State of the Empire, on a regular schedule. All these things will come out in due time, but if you want them regular, then Nerdy Show needs to reach its own Patreon goal of 1,000 smackers a month. We're currently about 750. So uh, you should join up at patreon.com slash nerdy show and then also support Robo at patreon.com slash tesladyne. Yes. Speaking yeah. of regular cap. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Our schedule for nerdy show. Oh, yeah. Right. So you may have noticed this came out on a Wednesday. Good observation. Well done. That's our new day. That is nerdy show. The show's new day for release. Going forward. This is the day. Any special reasons? Well, uh, no, mostly statistics. It's a better day to release something online on Wednesday. Yeah. And if you want to help us come up with other crazy, weird little things we can change, then we need your help. Just go to nerdyshow.com slash survey, where uh, you can tell us about your listening experience on the Nerdy Show Network, whether it's Nerdy Show, the podcast, any of our other podcasts on the network, nerdy.fm, our nerd music radio station, or any of the articles or videos or anything else. We have a short survey. It takes about 10 minutes and a long survey. That is, well, much longer, but gives us the ever-so-detailed answers that really make our day. It's too bad that nerds on the internet don't like supplying ridiculous amounts of information for unimportant questions. Otherwise, <laughs> I, 
probably have more takers for that long form uh, questionnaire. We have been really um, pleased by the amount of responses in such a short amount of time and the amount of them that have been long. So, uh, so good job, guys. Good job. I guess all we need to do is build our own giant robot, and then we can get all sorts of feedback from everyone. <laughs> the Nerdy Show Network is entirely listener-supported. It's only due to your hard-earned funds that uh, we're able to keep the lights on. So thank you very much for continuing to support us. If you cannot afford to donate via Patreon as a monthly subscriber, you can also do it one time at nerdyshow.com support. Any old time you feel like, just drop some coin our way, or... No doubt you shop at Amazon, and we're Amazon affiliates. So if you follow our links at nerdyshow.com slash Amazon, anything you buy, anything you add in your shopping cart, and then check out with a percentage of that will go back to Nerdy Show. No extra funds from you, just the stuff you're buying anyway, and we get a cut. It is that easy. Go buy Atomic Robo. You give us money and Brian and Scott money. Yeah. Ooh, I like the way you think, sir. Everybody wins. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next Wednesday with an all-new episode of Nerdy Show. Bye, I'm Cap. I'm Trench. I guess I'm Brian. As far as I can tell, I'm still Scott. Taking us out, we've got a very exclusive track. Matt, why don't you fill us in on the details here? Back in 2012, when Mark with a C was crowdfunding his popular music album, he uh, had some support tiers where you could give him a pitch for a song, and he would then write the song if he liked the pitch. So... If I remember correctly, my pitch was something to the effect of childhood dreams that stick with you until you're adult. And then I gave him my personal example of wanting my own giant robot. So he wrote a song about wanting a giant robot. And this is a Mark with a C song that I believe Mark posted online for maybe 24 hours at some point. Yeah, roughly 24 hours after he finished it. But other than that, it's not available anywhere. Unless you heard it during that 24 hour time span, you've never heard this song before. And I'm pretty sure at the time he said it was one of four songs he'd ever written that didn't have guitar with it. And pretty sure it was the first song that his daughter did anything like with him on. So Mark with the C fans, this is a very rare treat. And uh, Giant Robot fans, this might pluck your heartstrings. And it's called Where's My Giant Robot? I got a job, it ain't much, but it pays some of the
Where's my giant robot? Where's my giant robot? The one I always wanted when I grew up. Where's my giant robot? Where's my giant robot? The one I always wanted when I grew up. For listening to Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes or like and follow us on SoundCloud. As listener supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdy show. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. You can subscribe to Nerdy Show via iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a comment, like and share, and follow Nerdy Show on all your favorite social networks. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, we got it covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.